Baker Mayfield's first public words about his time in Cleveland on a podcast. We cover all that, the good, the bad, the ugly. We go into some final Browns thoughts here on the offseason, two weeks away from the 2022 NFL Draft. The Barbershop's Garrett Bush in for this episode of Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Locked On Browns podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The show itself at Locked On Browns, follow back account, DMs are open, as everybody knows me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. We appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen day in, day out. Wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you are following, subscribed, to the Locked On Browns podcast. We are sitting down here today from 92.3 The Fan, host of the Barbershop, uh, handles the Cleveland Browns tailgate show, obviously during the season, 9-1, 92.3 The Fans, Garrett Bush at GBush91. Garrett, first things first, appreciate you making some time out here today. Oh, man, listen, uh, anytime. You know, I'm always um, excited to talk Browns. Uh, you know, we've been talking about it a little bit behind the scenes, trying to link up with you. Thank you for having me on, on the Lockdown or Locked On uh, Browns podcast. And, and, and exciting times for the Browns right now. Extremely exciting. So uh, always willing and uh, able to talk about my, my Cleveland Browns. Um, I get, well, I guess we're going to get in. There was a podcast yesterday, apparently. All right. Um, I don't know if anybody right. saw it, listened to it, or any of this stuff. But if you guys didn't get to it yesterday, we basically got our first, you know, legitimate words from Baker Mayfield, uh, obviously everything that went on. Um, you know, the first things for me, and, and I don't want to forget about this, the dog just chilling on the couch like nothing was going on for me was the best thing. Dog just rolling over, <laughs> just catching Zs like it was a normal day in any household. That for me was hysterical. But, Gary, uh, your dog, thoughts here. Dog stole um, the show to me. Absolutely. I mean, they're literally like my two dogs just snuggle into each other and can sleep for 19 hours a day. That's totally what I thought of this dog. But Garrett, uh, some thoughts here. Let's you know get into it. Break it down here a little bit. Oh, well, when you look at uh, the the interview. When you get Baker Mayfield, right, you are we know what Baker Mayfield is. I think everybody. Um, knows what Baker Mayfield's mentality is. I also think people have already baked in um, to his character or to what his personality is that he's going to speak his mind. So, you know, in this interview, there weren't many nuggets. Um, to be honest with you, I thought Baker came off as a human. He came off as a person that, you know, does care about football. And I think he came off as is kind of genuine. So I can respect him for, uh, you know, coming out and saying some of the things and, and, and telling his side of the story. However, I don't know if that helps him um, long term. I don't know if the interview helped him in order to get um, to, to get his side of the story out and, and spark interest from other teams. I do think that he could have used the time a little bit better and him and his team could have came up with some stuff to make, say, look, we're going to go into this. 
We're going to do the podcast, but we're going to make you shine. Um, we're going to go over a, a list of bullet points, some talking points that we're going to use to audition for teams that may want to bring you in. And I think it could have been a little more productive from that side. Overall, in general, I was, it was no earth-shattering news in it for me. There are a couple of uh, little small points where people are contentious about it. And if you when they be going around on YouTube and Twitter and, and all of the blogs about the, the couple uh, quotes he said, but I'm sure we'll get to that um, as we, we continue to break this down. Well, I mean, a couple things right away, you know, um, did he do himself any favors as far as, you know, making whatever potential suitors are for him higher? No. Um, the fact that he didn't help the Browns out in this respect, I don't think he cares. And that's rightfully so. I mean, cause you know, the way Baker carries himself, you know, always been a guy that carries his heart on his sleeve. Um, he doesn't care now about the Browns. You know, he truly feels and believes what he does. You know, that's not going to change. I absolutely agree with you in the fact that there maybe should have been some words of, I have, I am always somebody that is, you know, run by emotion. Um, this is something maybe I need to change. Uh, I can't let my emotions get the best of me. Um, understanding that it's the NFL. I'm the quarterback. I'm going to get booed. Um, and he did take it back, you know, and the line about getting viewed at a cubicle, this, that, and the other thing. I mean, this, that line is as old as day. So anybody that thinks that this has never been said by any professional athlete at any point, you know, oh, I'd love to come down and boo you at your day job. That's been going on, of course, you, you know, stuff like that for years. But it, for him, and I think this is what this podcast was about. It was, should have been about what was best for him going forward. And, you know, I think at some point, some of those things, he did look okay. But, I mean, he basically needed to sell himself like he was a reformed person. Yeah. I, I think he needed to come out as a person who is aware and cognizant and takes responsibility for some of the things where he kind of dropped the ball a little bit. I thought it was very interesting how he described his career because there were he was right in, in aspects of 2018. He didn't start the season. Um, he had a nice rookie year, broke the uh, touchdown record. Not 2019, bad year. 2020, pretty good year. Uh, ended up a, as probably a top 10 quarterback. And then it was a disaster in 2021. So when you look at the four-year sample size, is is a lot of good, bad, good, bad. And I think he could have served himself better by saying, all right, and just, and just looking at those years, he could have drilled down a little more and said, Here's what, what I would have liked to change in 2019. Here's what I would have liked to do to improve on um, the first part of 2020. And here's what I did wrong uh, in terms of the way I handled my in injury in 2021. I think if he would have done that, took some responsibility for it, I think it would have had him come out looking a lot better and teams willing to say, well, you know, he has the talent. We, we see some flashes from him. Let's bring him in. Let's, let's do it, run a flyer on him. But when you start talking about, well, uh, I, I feel like, you know, the Browns, I feel disrespected and I, I don't feel like the Browns, they told me one thing. Well, by all intents of reports um, around the league, his agents were told at the NFL Combine that they would pursue an elite quarterback if it came open. Those couple of elite quarterbacks uh, were Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and they never had a shot at Brady or uh uh, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers. So they let him know. Um, other than that, he was going to be set to come back as a starting quarterback. I just think it's a little bit 
revisionist history that now all of a sudden he's he's saying they they betrayed him. I, I just don't get that angle. And even still, if this is stuff he thought at the time, this is something maybe now for as a business decision, he needed to change that tone to get himself basically out of here as fast as possible and on to the next chapter. Garrett Bush, 92.3. The fan is in the house. We're going to get to a little bit more here with Garrett. Everybody stick around. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try. And if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. As I said, Garrett Bush is in the house from 92.3 The Fan. We appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen day in, day out. Garrett, there were a couple of instances in this interview where he said some things, and this is locker room conduct. Guys, everybody, as you know, I've talked about it. I played college football. Garrett played college football. This part's a little bit different. But when he started talking about motivating players – who are making a serious amount of money. First things first is we don't talk about anybody's money in a locker room. That is, that is like a strict code. We don't talk about somebody else's money. When you're saying those words, you're essentially pointing out. We know who he's pointing out who just won a Super Bowl uh, with the Los Angeles Rams. Now going to go through yet another ACL injury. And if anybody didn't hear anything as to why Odell Beckham Jr. didn't start the season, apparently the rehab process and the surgery didn't go as smoothly. That is why Baker was late to the party in the 2021 season. Different story for a different day, of course. But that is, this is, you know, you know, like when you, like when you're kids and, you know, you got caught doing something wrong. Well, Timmy did it. Well, no, that's not how it works, man. This is about you. And to say that, that's, again, this shows something where maybe there wasn't enough homework done by his camp going into this because, again, you wanted to come out of this looking in the best possible light. The locker room is a funny place. Um, And and the reason why it's a very funny place and it's a very uh, interesting case study on grown men, how they go about their business, and the pecking order of leadership. And so when, when Baker Mayfield talks about, you know, you know, maybe I, my teammates don't have a problem with it, but maybe some they're answering questions from other people and their families answering questions like, hey, what's going on with our quarterback? What's going on with Baker? Why would he do this? And why would he do that? He found out the hard way that in the locker room, you can't you, you only got a certain amount of leeway. People can, can, can sense and can smell who's a leader, who's a fraud who's pretending and who really works it and walks it. 
And I, I think Baker at points in times has shown some leadership traits, but also he's shown some some negative traits that that people in the locker room, especially strong personalities, big time players don't they don't they don't vibe with that. The, you know, people may think the the leaving without uh, talking to you know the reporters uh, when he had a bad game against Detroit. I don't owe you guys anything. I you know I owe my teammates. I'll, I'll talk to them all day. But yeah, you kind of do have to do all of it. That's the reason why they call you the face of the franchise. That's why the quarterback gets two hundred and fifty million, and that's why you're on all the commercials. You got to take the good with the bad. And I think slowly but surely, as the season went on and Baker was injured, it began to chip away at, at his 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 cachet, his credibility within the locker room, and that's why you hear crickets right now. There's nobody jumping in Baker's defense in that locker room. I haven't heard one person yet. And that's because they felt that, listen, you're not, you're not walking the walk. You got to walk it. You can't just talk it. Um, and, and I think that eventually undone, made him, undone him in Cleveland. And look, for, look, and there's no denying he was injured. There's no denying how injured he was. But at the end of the day, you know, he was out there. So your play is what's going to be evaluated. And we're not sure, and nobody's really sure, you know, if Browns were going to go this route anyway. Look, for all the success they had in 2020, going to the playoffs, going into Pittsburgh, winning a playoff game, there was nothing. Like you said, crickets. It's as far as a possible contract extension for Baker Mayfield, and, and which is normally the time when these conversations start to be had. Um, so, and for him, and look, you know, He's always come off, you know, and carried himself like a star, which you want your quarterback to do. There's no mm -hmm. denying that. That is exactly how you're supposed to carry yourself. But the fact that, you know, you were out there, and I think this is where maybe things got, you know, construed. Because, look, there were games where he played well injured. In the Los Angeles Charger game, he had a monster game. Uh, the first game in Cincinnati, he had a monster yep. game. So which – but did end up being – part of the things that hurt him because like, you know, we can't say, Oh, well, he's injured. He didn't play well. But then you look at games like the charger game, that first Bengal game where he did play really well. And it's like, well, you know, we got to evaluate you on what we are seeing. And for Andrew Barry, coach Stefanski at the end of the day, they felt he was good enough to get them there. Not good enough to get them to the ultimate pinnacle. Let me let me ask you this question, Jeff. Looking at Baker Mayfield and where he's at right now, obviously he's taking a big tumble and a big fall. Um, but do you believe teams not being interested in him is a function of the money he's owed or a function of he's just not good enough in order to be a starting quarterback? And I'll give a couple of examples. Uh, the, the Matt Ryan thing in, with the Colts. Marcus Mariota in Atlanta, um, Jameis Winston. Browns fans felt like, hey, this was this was something. These guys were were second, third tier guys, and Baker was head and shoulders above them. Those guys were looked at as downgrades. But now those dudes get jobs before Baker. Is it the money, or is it just the timing of a situation, or people think he can't play? I'm not sure if it's the fact that he can't play. I think the contract certainly has something to do with it. It's one year of team control at you know, north of $19 million. What if he has a fantastic year for you? 
Um, now, after one year in your system, you've got to make a huge decision based off of one year. You're going to put a franchise tag on them. I don't think anybody thinks Baker Mayfield's worth $35, $40 million is what a quarterback franchise tag number would be. Um, is there the fact that, you know, is, is he going to come in to a new team, a new locker room? And look, he was, as far as what he did in Cleveland, the way he acted, the way he represented himself, it worked when things were good. But, you know, you're going to go into a new team now. Is there going to be some humility? Is there going to be a, you know, a more laid back approach as you're trying to ingratiate yourself to 52 other teammates? These are things that are going to have to be done. And look, it's a tough road for himself. He certainly, you know, created this where he is at now. And for me, though, and this is one thing I do want to get to, because, Garrett, for me, this is one thing. He hasn't changed. This is the same Baker Mayfield that walked in here from day one. And so a lot of people now, oh, well, I always knew this or I always knew. Y'all loved him when in 2018 when this team went from 0-16 to 7-8-1. Y'all loved him in 2020 when you went into Pittsburgh on a Sunday night and Ben Roethlisberger and his teammates from pillar to post. He hasn't changed. And I actually, we were talking the other day, and I mentioned this to you. I said, as I get older, I don't care what your personality is. If you're kind of a dick, you're kind of a pain in the ass, that's fine. But be you. It's the phonies that I can't deal with. He didn't change. He's always been the same dude, even though now he's going to have to change a little bit. I I agree. As I get older, I mean, I don't really care about the personality. Uh, We can look across the league in sports, right? Kevin Durant has burner accounts. (laughs) Kevin Durant has burner accounts, (laughs) and he's trolling like 12-year-old kids with fake accounts because somebody said he's not better than LeBron or question his his, his place in history. We can look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is all of the things that, that Baker Mayfield is, but on top of that, a little more petty. He like he has actions to grind. He's like, hey, I'm a hold out. I, I want fifty million dollars. Aaron Rodgers can get away with it. You know why? Because Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He has the cachet. He can throw the ball, and his skill set is that it, it demands that people put up with it. For Baker, he has the personality. He has the chip on his shoulder. As a man, man, people that that go to work every day can identify with that that type. Of feeling and they that's why they gravitate to him in Cleveland but as soon as you start losing and you're not throwing touchdown passes and you can't beat the Steelers or the Ravens and Joe Burrow is is over in the same division younger and he gets to the Super Bowl in year two two years they got there that changed the complexion of Baker's timetable and what the expectation level was for for this quarterback position with the Browns yeah, because I do believe as much as they like the model they have on offense, um, you know, obviously the strong running game, the strong offensive line, but and as we've seen, which has been some of Baker's weakness points in his time here, you know, when the money was on a line as a quarterback, he had some issues in getting it done. And you see with Burrow here, look, they got a decent running back, all this, that, and the other thing, but they went to the Super Bowl on the strength of Joe Burrow's arm. Garrett, what do you think is the ultimate resolution here? Um, obviously going to move on here, but for me, I, I, I don't even believe it's to the point now exact, you know, what the Browns were to get back as far as a draft pick, this, that, and the other thing. I don't think that's really the issue. I think the Browns are ready to move on with whatever it is. But I think the question is for somebody that would make this move is Cleveland, how much are you going to eat? You know, am I getting Baker Mayfield for $9 million? If I'm getting Baker Mayfield for $9 million for one season, that's a lot more appealing. I would say. 
Yeah, um, I, th- I think the Browns eventually are going to have to eat 50%. Somewhere to 50%, 50 to 60% of what his salary is owed um, to him in his fifth year. I also think that they might have to put something else with it. Uh, they might have to put True. a pick with it to, to you know, uh, you know, get him out of town. Because right now, the way everything is stacked up, you look around the league, even in teams like Carolina, even in teams – um, you know, that may look to even have a quarterback or look to draft a quarterback. They got those guys in. Seattle uh, has those guys in. They're bringing in, you know, all the top quarterbacks. You look at Ritter from Cincinnati. Um, Willis is going to be um, in from, you know, going to different places and, and traveling around. So some teams are going to say, let's make the evaluation that we can get somebody in the draft that we've identified. So we can take that, and that that's going to be our long-term answer. So right now, if you look at the the landscape, there's not very many landing places, no soft, cushy landing positions. Like, you know, I guess Seattle, we keep mentioning Seattle, but they seem to be like, okay, we'll just go with Drew Locke. Uh, you, you know, obviously Atlanta, he was taken off the table. He, he lobbied to go to Indianapolis, and they said, nope, we'll take an older Matt Ryan. So I think uh-huh. what's going to have to happen, they're going to have to eat some salary, package a pick with it, and I think it's going to be later rather than earlier And when they get the deal done. It may be somebody get hurts in offseason program. It may be that, you know, these guys get a look at one of the quarterbacks, the younger quarterbacks, and they just say, hey, look, this ain't what we signed up for. We need a veteran presence, and then they go out and make the call to the Browns. But I think it's going to ha- it's gonna take a while. I don't think it's going to happen before the draft, and I think it's, it's, it might linger on almost into, into training camp. And this is where I kind of agree with you, because if it was going to get done by the draft, I mean, you know, what's going to change anybody's mind in the next 10 days? Uh, you know what I'm saying? They've had basically a month now to stew on this and nobody's basically, you know, basically jumped at the bait to this point. We're going to get to a little bit more here. 92.3 The Fans, Garrett Bush, host of the barbershop in along for the ride. Built Bar is this time of the year. I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Bill Parr. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I really enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bill Parr's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, simony eat churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good, they're going to be part of your new favorite lineup. All pill bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Again, yes, the puffs are, clu- are included 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high in protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. Typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com, scroll down the macro chart. You will be blown away. High in protein, low in calorie, high in fiber, low in carb. Most of the bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first. Then they figure out how do you make it healthy second. And I don't know how, but they seem to pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
your latest Lockdown Browns. We are here with Garrett Bush of 92.3, the fan, obviously chopping up the Baker Mayfield podcast appearance, some other thoughts. Always appreciate everybody who makes uh, Lockdown Browns your first listen day in, day out. Garrett, some thoughts here real quick on the Browns offseason, and then I want to get to because I know you've been filling on some uh, other shows here at the station, and you've been able to sit down with some of the league's top insiders here, so maybe some thoughts on Clowney and Jarvis Landry, of course. Yeah, when we talked to, um, I was on yesterday, we were able to talk to Ian Rappaport, and uh, we we got a chance to talk about Jarvis Landry and Jadavian Clowney and how close the Browns are to basically bringing those guys back. So after the season, I I told people, even when Jarvis, you know, they declined his, uh, you know, they released him. And I was telling people then, if, if you think you need receivers now, you, you you might want to go ahead and keep him instead of creating new holes. Uh, and I, I know people said not for 15 or 16 million, whatever the case was, but I was ecstatic when, you know, it came out that the Jarvis Landry might be interested in coming back to Cleveland. And if he's a smart individual, uh, you're going to be playing with a top five quarterback. So there's a lot of things that Jarvis kind of, uh, you know, left on the field. I think he, the way he left, it left a little bit of a nasty taste in his mouth, especially because, um, he saw Odell Beckham Jr. go off to, you know, with the Rams and win the Super Bowl. So I think that's something that that he really wants to do. He played through injury as well. He got in, he got a surgery during the year and he wasn't himself. You know, there was a lot of people um, who either put it on the receivers or on Baker. But the reality of the situation is both those groups were hurting, especially when it comes to the wide receiver group. So, you know, Rappaport, you know, talks about it. And he said that that's a move that could be um, likely. I think Jarvis floated out through his agent that he wanted to uh, he wanted to contract around twenty million dollars. Obviously, there were no takers on that right now, and so it's kind of quiet right now on on, on the Western Front because now people are, are locked in and trying to um, get locked in on with the draft and the needs in the draft. And I think after that, you might see some traction, and you'll be able to get a clear picture on exactly what the Cleveland Browns are thinking about, uh, whether it's a veteran receiver. Or or a veteran defensive end that they can bring in. I, I definitely wanted to keep Jadavian Clowney. I thought he had a great year um, last year. I think Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett give you a different type feel. Miles Garrett um, on one end, Jadavian Clowney. There's no running away from that. Uh, you know, both guys are freak athletes. <laughs> Clowney can wreck a game. Miles Garrett definitely can wreck a game. And I thought Clowney had his best year. Um, since I think his second year, second or third year with the Texans when he made the Pro Bowl. Nine sacks this year came on late. I thought he was relatively healthy too. So if you can get Clowney to come back, I think the offer on the table is a one- to two-year deal around 12 to $13 million a year. If the Browns can sign that, Andrew Barry um, will be a magician, and I think we can then allocate our draft resources into getting some splash players maybe moving up or or taking the best available receiver at number uh, in the second round. Well, there's two things here. And, and what I've tr- I tried to say with Jarvis Landry was, is, you know, for the Browns, it was going to be a difficult conversation because how can you tell a player, we value you, we respect you, we love everything you do as far as representing this organization, but we would like for you to take a 50% pay cut. There ain't nobody in the world that is ready to sit down and have that conversation and say, okay, so what was going to happen? He was going to have to step away from the situation for a little while, see what his worth is on the open market. 
Obviously, mm-hmm. it's coming to fruition. It's not. And look, he's hitting that weird wide receiver age where he's about to turn 30. It doesn't help that every year there is a solid draft class of wide receivers. These guys are ready to go basically out the box, uh, you know, the day they get there. Uh, for Clowney, I mean, look, there, there's just a couple of issues here. The Browns are not going to get the bargain of $8 million like they did last year. His play was certainly more than $8 million. The thing is, what we've seen with any defensive end that plays with Miles Garrett, the Browns strike to seem to like to pair him up with a player who is really good in run defense. Whatever they get pass rushing-wise afterwards is a bonus. We saw that Olivier Vernon. Uh, we certainly saw that with Jadavian Clowney, a fantastic player against the run, in addition to a player that gave you nine sacks this past season. For me, getting Clowney done, and maybe if you can find a way to get a veteran defensive tackle done here, you're going into the draft not needing a starter. And for a team that does not have a first-round pick, for you have four picks in the top 118 and then three picks in the 200s, which basically, I mean, those they're scratch-off those picks. I mean, you have mm-hmm. no guarantee that they can ever turn into anything. So yeah, essentially you have four them. meats and potatoes. Exactly. So basically you have four meats and potatoes draft choices, and they're not really that great. They're not filet mignon. And they're steak, but they're not filet mignon. So if they can get that accomplished here – Position-wise, what do you think here maybe there might be the depth question marks here where they can look to, you know, fill a couple of holes here? Players that won't have prominent roles year one but could be maybe be called on year two, year three. I think they need a real infusion of talent and depth at the defensive tackle position. Um, I, I don't know what the, what the, I guess, prognosis or the update is on Malik McDowell. Last time we seen him, he was not doing too good. I'll just leave it at that. Um, yep. Also, you, you know, you got guys like uh, Togi and Jordan Elliott, um, some guys that they've invested some capital in in previous drafts. I don't know how much they like those guys. They really didn't pop or show me anything um, that would make me think that they're going to be some standout, you know, dominant starters for the Browns. You know, we'll see what's going on with that and figure it out. Um, but I do think the, the most glaring position is the defensive tackle room. Um, Malik Jackson is no longer with the club. I think they did um, uh, uh, a good job of getting uh, Winovich from, um, I believe it was in, uh, was he in uh, New England. New England. Yeah, got him for New yep. England. I think he can give you some depth. He's the equivalent of what Tack McKinley was last year. But to me, the two. The two most glaring needs and the positions that need the most work are defensive tackle and wide receiver. If you can get Jarvis Landry back and you compare him uh, with Amari Cooper and then possibly um, draft someone, uh, you know, over the, whether it's a Michi from uh, Alabama, whether it's a Traylon Burks, if he decides to fall down, if he falls from Arkansas, um, even, even guys, uh, you know, the kid from um, South Dakota State, or uh, excuse me, North Dakota State. I, I I wouldn't mind having him coming up in the second round. So there, there's there's a lot of ways they can go about it. I think they'll take the best posi- the best player on the board wherever they're rated at, D tackle or receiver. And either way, it will fill a, a big time need for. Them. Yeah, there's certainly, you know, work to be done here. Um, But if you can get Clowney in here and handled, you can finally get a veteran defensive tackle in here. Then you're worried about guys that are only, you're only drafting to be, to come in and be reserves, which is certainly, you know, with picks starting at 44 and on, um, that's a more real uh, fair expectation level of these guys that you're going to draft there. Um, Garrett, just real quick before we uh, pull a plug on this one here, Friday night, you guys got something cooking. Tell everybody about it. 
man, make uh, make sure you you um, jump on in, man. Tomorrow I will be at uh, High and Dry. Uh, it, it will be uh, tomorrow. We got a Cavs watch game coming up, so make sure it'll be seven to uh, nine p.m. Come on down if you're in the local area. If you're listening in Cleveland, I'll be down there. Um, you know, going and getting ready for the Cavs. Cavs obviously need the must win game. They, they're going to play the Hawks. They're going to have drink specials down there. Um, they're going to run that as well. We're going to be giving some uh, prizes and games and and definitely just out meeting, greeting people. Uh, we'll bring some giveaways. You'll get some barbershop gear. You get a chance to win some of that. And you just come on down and enjoy um, and cheer on the Cavs. Um, that's it, high and dry. I got a link um, on my profile for Twitter. That that flyer is there with all the information on it. All you got to do is follow me at GBush91 on Twitter. It'll be there. Come on out. Let's have a great time. Go Cavs. Hey, look, uh, not that anybody re- needs any reason to go out and party on a Friday night, but obviously here is a perfect reason to go out and party on a Friday night. Um, we had a lot of fun here with Garrett Bush. Uh, as I mentioned, obviously hosts the barbershop on uh, uh, Saturday mornings on 92.3 The Fan. Um, he's been filling in a lot in some other spots, so the plenty of opportunities to hear Garrett on the radio right now. Again, make sure you're following at GBush91. We got to the Baker, uh, the Baker Mayfield podcast appearance, the good, the bad, the ugly of it. Uh, some thoughts here uh, on the Browns offseason as we're actually today is Thursday, so we are two weeks away from the 2022 NFL draft. And Garrett's got some time here to talk to the league's top insiders, uh, get some thoughts there about things that are trending the Browns way. Uh, again, we always appreciate everybody who makes us your first list in Lockdown Browns, whatever podcast platform you use. Uh, five-star ratings, written reviews. Um, the show itself, Lockdown Browns, follow back account. DMs are open. Make sure you throw a follow over there. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Throw a follow over there. Uh, got to a ton here today. Uh, sorry for the late Wednesday episode. Uh, Garrett can to attest to it. I, I thought I was down for the count. I thought I was ruined yesterday. Just turned out to be something really funky and viral. But uh, got up with a mat. Certainly wanted to get this one in here with Garrett. Had a blast here. And with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pounds. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.